0: We're in a series right now just called Peace. We want to learn to live in the peace of God. And I want to tell you, I think that this is something that sometimes, well, it, it needs to be a series. It needs to be something that we hear more than once in a while because in this world, we, we could just get to the place where there is a, a stronghold of stress and anxiety and worries and fears. And it takes the truth of God's word to tear down that stronghold. And you see, Jesus said, if we stay in his word, see, that's why I say, once isn't enough. We got to stay in his word. You continue in his word, and you'll know the truth. See, he says, then you really are my disciples, and you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. So I believe in the Lord that the truth will make us free in this area. There is an epidemic of stress in our world. It is a sickness of the soul that will rob you of your peace, but also keep you from enjoying the life that God has for you. And it keeps us from being our best. You know, I think some people just kind of consider stress and anxiety and fear, where it's all just part, you know, it's just part of life, it's just the way it is. But I want you to know that it can be an inroad for destruction in your life. That stress, anxiety can take a toll on your relationships with your loved ones and your neighbors in the workplace. It can take a toll on your business, how successful you are. It can take a toll on your health, and it can take a toll on our effectiveness for the Lord and being used of the Lord in ministry. I read about one man who had a nationally known ministry, but he was under such stress for so long that he eventually developed a severe depression and it crippled and ultimately destroyed his ministry. Now, that story could be repeated a hundred times. But it's not just about those in vocational ministry. No, all of us who serve the Lord and do something for the Lord, it's amazing how that stress can hinder us or even stop us. I mean, a lot of people are under such stress in their life, they're looking for something that they can get rid of. And too often, our service for the Lord becomes that thing, you know, I I just got to let something go I'm going to have to let that go. Got real quiet in here. There's a lot of people not involved. And one of the reasons is they got too much on their plate. They're already stressed out. They already trying to keep their head above water. I can't add something else in my life. I want you to know that stress is keeping them from being fruitful. Jesus actually talked about this in the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, 22. He said that the cares of this life will choke out the seed of the Word of God, rendering it unfruitful. You see, we don't want to be that soil that has weeds in it. What's the weeds? Well, one of them is the cares of this life. It chokes out what God wants to do in and through our lives. No, we want to have peace so that we're ready to be used of God whenever He calls upon us. We ought to never be anxious about anything, but always pray with thanksgiving. I want to go back to where we left off last week, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, you let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I just want to remind you, Don't be anxious for anything, nothing, nothing, doesn't matter how big, how small, nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, you see, we're turning it over to God, and we have that peace that passes understanding. It's a peace that doesn't even make sense to the natural mind, not an outward peace, no. Things can be haywire on the outside, but on the inside. We have the peace of God. And get this, it guards our heart and our mind. This is what the Scripture says, that the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. And that's so important because so often we turn our troubles over to the Lord You know, those things that we worry about or we're anxious about, we turn those things over to the Lord, but then it's not long until we're struggling again with stress and anxiety and worry. Here's why. You see, we have to keep the negative thoughts out. The peace of God will guard your heart and mind. You can't have your mind filled with negative thoughts and anxious thought and worry and have the peace of God. The two don't go together. And I just want you to understand that that peace of God is supposed to guard your heart and mind. And If we pray and we turn it over to God... You see? But then we go right back the next day to thinking the same old way, to filling our minds with the same old stuff. It's not going to be long until we are trying to find peace again. This is why the very next verse, verse 8, Philippians 4, 8. Now, think about this. He just said, The peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Then he says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true... Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report If there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The NIV simply says, think on these things. And meditate here just means that you keep your mind on it. You keep your mind on these things. What things? The things that are true. The things that are noble. The things that are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things of a good report, if there's any virtue or anything praiseworthy. Are you thinking about all the lies? Oh, there's so much deception in our world, isn't there? Are you thinking about all the disturbing things? You know, in our day, we don't just hear about it or read about it, but you can actually see so many disturbing things. You, know, you can watch video and, and see pictures and, and see so many disturbing things from all around the world, every horrible thing that happens. Are you thinking about those things? Are you thinking about all the injustices in our world, the impure things, so much immorality? Do you think about all the ugly things, the bad reports, the things that we just end up complaining about? Or are we thinking on these things? Are we thinking about the things that the Scripture tells us to? Countless things that we could think about in our own lives and in our own little world that are negative. But the Scripture tells us that we are to focus our thoughts on these things. If we allow ourselves to focus on all of the troubling negative things, we will always end up losing our peace, finding ourselves worried and anxious again. You know, usually you can tell if we're thinking about the right things or the wrong things by what's coming out of our mouth. May, some of us maybe do a little better at controlling our mouth than others, but Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I just got to tell you that if, if you're complaining, if you're talking about all the time about how bad things are, and you're, you're talking about how all the injustices... And, and, and Now, don't misunderstand me. I know that we live in a real world, and I know that sometimes we have to address these issues, but it's one thing to do something about an issue. It's another thing to worry and stress and be anxious and here's what I know, that if we're talking that way, if it's coming out of our mouth, it's because it's what's in our heart. And our minds have been... It, it, it doesn't just come out of our mouth without it sometime going in our mind. We need to be real about this. And if we want to have the peace of God every day in our life... See, it almost sounds too good to be true, but it is available to us. But we can't allow ourselves to think like the world and have the peace of God. A lot of the time, our fight of faith is won or lost in our thought life. That's true. That's right. You know, once we've prayed and we've given thanks, we've got to refuse to go back to the negative thoughts. Carmen and I learned this very well back in 2009, when she was first diagnosed with cancer, and we prayed, and we believed, and then, you know, a doctor would say something, or, you know, you read something on the internet, or all kinds of negative thoughts would come. But here's what what we had to do. We just said, no, we're not going to go there. We're not going to think that way. We're just not going to go there. And see, it doesn't matter what it might be. There are times when your thoughts would take you down a negative path. You just need to say, no, I'm not going there. I have prayed about this, and I'm thanking God for taking care of it. His peace guards my heart and my mind. I'm not allowing that stuff in. See, you can't control everything that pops into your head. But you can decide whether or not you just open the door and let it come in and have a party. Jesus said to some religious people, He said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your heart? I thought it was interesting. He says you entertain them. And I think some people, they don't realize, you know, you don't have to entertain those thoughts. You don't have to welcome them in and dwell on it and think on it and go over it and over it. You know what we call that? That's called worry. And it will fill you with anxiety. It will steal your peace away. But our thoughts will determine whether or not we keep our peace. And here's a real key here. The best way to keep your mind on the right things, it's not always easy, but it sure is simple. The best way to keep your mind on the right things is to keep your mind on the Lord. When we think about Him, it's easy to think about what's true and noble and just and pure and lovely and virtuous and of a good report and praiseworthy. You see, when you think about the Lord, He is all of those things and so much more. He is mighty. He is merciful. He is good. He is always loving and faithful. He's always with us. He's our Redeemer. He's our friend. He's our Father. He is our Defender and our Avenger. Oh, so much more. If we just keep our minds on Him, I want to tell you that we can have perfect peace. Isaiah 26, three. You will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. When it says perfect peace here in the original Hebrew text, it doesn't say perfect It doesn't say perfect peace. It's actually shalom, shalom. It is peace, peace. The translators translate it that way just to give us kind of an understanding of the depth of the peace that it's talking about. It's peace on top of peace. It's double peace. It's peace overflowing. Perfect peace. Absolute peace. Peace. That's what it's talking about. And who is this for? This is one of the promises of God that absolutely has a condition. There's actually two of them here in this verse. First of all, that our minds are stayed on Him, fixed on Him, focused on Him. And here's why. Because we trust Him. We don't get our eyes on the wind and the waves, the circumstances of life, because we trust Him. And He's bigger than whatever we might be facing. I mean, if you could have perfect peace in your life. You know, most people just want a moment's peace, right? (laughs) Just, Just give me a break. Just give me a moment. No, you can have perfect peace when we learn to keep our minds on Him. It's available to us. Keep your mind on Him and you trust Him. You see, the two go hand in hand. If you keep your mind on the Lord, you trust Him. If you trust the Lord, you'll keep your mind on Him. Webster's defines trust this way. It is assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. I like that definition because I want to tell you, my trust is in the character of the Almighty. He is perfect in all His ways. My trust is in His ability and strength. He can do anything. My trust is in His Word that I know that my God cannot lie. Now, the biblical word for trust means to rely upon, to put confidence in. And listen, it carries with it this connotation of rest. It is to rely upon to the point that you can actually rest. That's the kind of trust that we're talking about here. That when you've turned it over to the Lord, you don't worry, you don't fret, but you rest. I'm a little bit of a hands-on kind of guy, and I, I don't like for other people to drive. I want to drive. But in my defense, I, you know, I kind of got there for a reason. Many, many, many years ago when I was the youth pastor at Grace, we did a number of ski trips, and on one such trip we were taking a a full busload and a couple of vans. And so I was driving a van out of necessity. And and about three in the morning, I just got so exhausted, so tired. I thought, no, I got to let somebody else drive. So one of the young men that was with us, a college-age student, uh, I was going to have him drive for a short time. And this particular van wasn't very full, so I got on the back seat And kind of you know laid out a little bit so I could catch a few Z's and it wasn't but about 10 minutes later and and I woke up with a jar because we ran off the road the guy had been driving for 10 minutes and he fell asleep guess what I didn't sleep the rest of the night I drove I was wide awake and I drove the rest of the way. Now, I wish I could tell you that that's the only time that that ever happened to me, but my dear sweet wife, one time we are just on a little two-hour trip, but I was real tired, and I said, I said, well, you're going to have to drive a little bit, I'm just tired. And so, we've been up, heading on down the road just a little bit, and I just kind of dozed off. She ran off the road. What is the deal? I woke up, I said, what are you doing? She said, you make me nervous. (laughs) I said, how can I make you nervous? I'm asleep. (laughs) That's not right. Now, some of you are thinking, you must be awful. You make your wife so nervous even when you're sleeping. (laughs) I don't know how that happened. But here's what I can tell you. Now, when I go somewhere with my son, Jonathan, it's different. I can get in the back seat and take a nap. I don't care. I'm at rest. You know why? I trust Him. I absolutely trust Him to drive. I think He drives this as good or better than me. And so, you know what? When He's driving, I'm good. I can rest. I want to tell you something. That your Heavenly Father is trustworthy. You can rest. You turn it over to Him. You can close your eyes and just rest. You don't have to fear. You don't have to be concerned anymore. You don't have to be anxious. That's what it is to trust the Lord. We just rest whatever we're doing. Wherever we're going, whatever's going on, we can trust Him. You can know for certain that the Lord is taking care of you. David knew it. He said, The Lord is my shepherd. He knew the Lord was watching over him. That's rest. The Lord is my shepherd. That's rest. I shall not want. That's rest. I'm not going to need anything. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. I want you to know that's a place of rest. He's taking care of me. He leads me beside the still waters. Not the fast-moving water, the still waters. That's a place of rest. He restores my soul. That's rest. I just want you to understand that this is the way it's supposed to be for us, that we're living a life. I'm not talking about physical rest. I'm talking about rest for your soul, rest on the inside, that you are at peace. You see, we need to let every stress, every battle, every problem turn our minds to the Lord. They say, i got so many things, all this stuff going on. you know, I can't help but think about all this. Yes, you can. Just use it as a trigger. When something comes to my mind, it troubles me, bothers me, I'm concerned about this, I'm concerned about that. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to focus my mind on the Lord. I got to use that this morning at 12:30. I was awake. Sometimes when you're awake, laying in the bed, stuff just starts going through your mind. You know what? I just started focusing on the Lord, trying to practice what I preach. You hear what I'm saying? And I got peace and went back to sleep. But I I just want you to understand that all of those things that would come into our mind, you don't have to dwell on it. You don't have to worry. Instead, you just use it as your cue to get your mind on the Lord. And you say, Lord, I thank you that you're taking care of this. I thank you, Lord, that you're my healer. I thank you, Lord, that you're more than enough for this situation. Get your mind on Him, and I'll tell you, things change. Our worry and stress won't change anything at least not for the better but all things are possible with God he can do absolutely anything i want to remind you again of the words of jesus in john 16:33 these things i've spoken to you that in me you may have peace in the world you'll have tribulation trouble but be of good cheer i have overcome the world he said in this world you're going to have trouble it's going to come but it doesn't have to wreck your peace. In Him, we have peace. It's amazing how there's always something that will come up to steal your peace if you allow it. If you allow your thoughts to become anxious and you begin to worry about that situation, it'll steal away your peace. Back in my very first youth ministry, There was a young lady, college-age young lady, that was part of that youth ministry, and she was normally really easygoing and just kind of laid-back kind of a person. But I, I could just kind of tell that something was going on. She wasn't the same. She just seemed upset somehow. And so I talked to her and asked her what was going on, and after I pried just a little bit, she finally came out with it, and she said, I think I have cancer. I said, why do you think you have cancer? She said, I have this big lump on my head and I think it's cancer. I said, well, have you been to a doctor? She said, no, I'm too scared to go to the doctor. She didn't want to go to the doctor because she was so sure that the doctor was gonna tell her she had cancer. And so we prayed and I said, now you're gonna go see the doctor. Jesus told people that he healed, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And I told her, I said, you go see the doctor now. And she went to the doctor, and the doctor, I can't remember the medical term, but, but he said it was nothing, and he drained it, and it never came back. But see, she was so stressed out. It, just, it was just on her heavy, heavy, just an attack of the enemy. I'm just telling you that, you see, Satan will always try to use something. It might be something with your finances, something with your family, something that's going on in our world. He'll always use something to try to get you stressed out. Oh, how we need to learn to just go to the Lord, turn it over to Him, and then keep our minds on Him. None of it's hard for Him. we just got to focus on Him. So much peace is lost because we allow this world around us to distract us from the Lord. I said this earlier, but, you know, we can see and hear every negative thing that happens in our world, you know, on, on the news or the Internet or however, but it can, all of those images and those negative thoughts, you know, we take so much of that in, it can just begin to create stress in our own heart and life. I'm telling the truth right now. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it right. I'm telling you. And here's what I'm going to ask you. Here's what I'm going to tell you, encourage you in the Lord to do, is that you give your mind to rest. Yes. Believe it or not, you can turn all of that off and the world will still be here. I know that because usually when we go on vacation, we like to go somewhere where our phones don't work. And we can disconnect from the internet and from everything else. And it's amazing. Not only does this church survive without me. That's right. It's Jesus' church. It survives without me. The world survives without me. I don't have to know all of the ugly of the world. It's in His hands, not mine. I can't do anything about it. He can. And I'm just telling you, sometimes you need to have a little less of that and focus more on the Lord. Give your mind a rest by focusing on the Lord and get just turn some of that stuff off. Just decide, you know what, I'm going to take a break from anything that causes me to feel stress or causes me to feel... This is a real spiritual word, I know, but... Icky inside. You know what I'm talking about? We can have perfect peace if our minds are stayed on Him. Every troubling situation, every troubling thought should turn our thoughts to the Lord. Psalm 46, 1 and 2 says, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. We will not fear. Listen, even though the earth be removed, even though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, he's talking about catastrophic things here. He says, we're not going to fear no matter what. If The stock market crashes. Are you going to fear? If we go to war, are you going to fear? Our God is bigger. There's no trouble in our life that the Lord cannot handle. We need to remember, He's the one that spoke the worlds into being. And we need to stop magnifying our problems and start magnifying our God. It is amazing to me how people make things way worse than they are. But how much more should we magnify the Lord? Elihu said it in Job 36, 24. He said, remember to magnify his works. See, we need to talk about it. We need to remember all the works of the Lord and build it up. Talk about it. David, in Psalm 34, 3, he said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Now, when you magnify something, do you realize you don't actually make it bigger? Yeah. You get a a microscope and you look at something, you don't make it bigger. You make it look bigger. You get a telescope and you look at space, you're not making the stars bigger, you make them look bigger. And when we magnify the Lord, I will tell you, you can't make God any bigger than He already is, because He holds the universe in the palm of His hand. He's big enough. You don't need to make Him bigger, but we need to make Him bigger in our minds. We need to realize how big, how awesome, how powerful, how good our God is. And what we're facing is nothing to Him. There's nothing that's hard for the Lord. Oh, church, you see, we need to magnify the Lord, see Him big. You see, when we really get our minds on the Lord, you know what happens to our problems? They start shrinking. And the more that you meditate on Him, that you think on Him, I'll tell you, your problems will get smaller and smaller. And we end up having peace, perfect peace. Sometimes it seems like... The only time that people really want to trust the Lord is as a last resort. You know, when we've exhausted our resources and abilities and everything else, and we're backed into a corner, you know, it's like, well, we're just going to have to trust the Lord. Was it come to that? Yeah, we just have to trust God. It always reminds me of the pastor that gets up on a Sunday morning, and, you know, he had a funeral and a wedding, and a bunch of other things happened that week, and, And he said, I haven't had time to prepare anything, so today we're just going to have to trust God. And I'm always thinking, what are you doing the rest of the time? It's amazing how we want to trust ourselves or trust our bank account or trust other people, something else, as long as we can. And then when that falls apart, oh, wait a minute. We're going to need to have to trust God now. I want to tell you, if you're going to have the perfect peace that God offers us, you have to keep your minds on Him all the time and always be trusting in the Lord. That's the only way because people and other things will always fail you. But He never will. And when your trust is in Him, you can have perfect peace Keep your mind fixed on Him. You know, people sometimes say that an idle mind is the devil's workshop, and I get that. It seems like sometimes when people have too much time on their hand and not enough to do that they can find a way to get into trouble. But I think that Satan is happier still when our minds are so busy and cluttered that we don't have time to think about the Lord. Just too busy. I, man, I don't, I don't want to harp on this because it makes me sound like an old guy. But I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. I believe it's of the Lord. This is one of the problems with modern media. And I use it too. I'm saying. But this is one of the problems with modern media is we end up preoccupying our minds all day long. We need to get our minds on the Lord. It's amazing that so many believers today are so consumed with everything else going on in their life that they can't even set aside the time to come and to worship God, just to focus on Him and for one hour just to worship Him and hear from Him and be with God's people. That's true, and they have no peace. not the kind he gives anyway. They're trying to escape using other things but not the peace that he gives. Jeremiah 232, the Lord says, "Can a virgin forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number." He's not saying that they have no recollection of him. He's saying that they don't bother to think about him or acknowledge him. And you'll notice this, that he didn't say, the world has forgotten about me. He says, my people, my people have forgotten about me days without end. They go days and days without even really thinking about me. Now, since you came to church today, I'm assuming that the Lord has crossed your mind, right? Right? But I'm certain of this, that those that can't make time in their busy schedules to worship the Lord once a week have very little room for the Lord in their thoughts. Perfect peace. It comes when our minds are stayed fixed on the Lord. If you don't keep your mind on the Lord, then when trouble comes, what do you do? You worry. You have fear and anxiety. But if we keep our mind on the Lord, then when trouble comes, we just look to the Lord. We just turn it over to Him in prayer. We just keep our eyes on Him. We can still have that peace. There's always going to be bad news, things that happen. I love this in Psalm 112 and verse 7. It says this about the man who fears the Lord. He will not be afraid of evil tidings, bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. See, whatever the bad news that comes, we just have to keep our eyes on him and keep trusting him. I want to remind you again that Jesus says, don't worry. Are you obeying Jesus? Real quiet now. Don't worry. Now, some people think, oh, you can't help that. Yeah, you can. It's a choice. We can choose to go over and over and over those negative thoughts, or we can choose to think on the good things. We could choose to get our minds on the Lord. That's really all worry is, is just replaying negative thoughts over and over and over again. But in the King James Version, when Jesus says, do not worry, in Matthew chapter 6, he says it three times. In the King James Version, it says, take no thought. Don't even give it a thought. Those things that would trouble you, those things, you know, and in Matthew chapter 6, he's talking about the basic needs of life having clothes to wear, food and water. And he says, don't worry about it. Don't give it a thought. I want to tell you, we can trust our Heavenly Father to take care of us. He is more than able. What if I lose my job? I want to tell you, I can talk to that. I was 33 years old and I got fired. I had a wife and two kids And no job for five months. Now, I worked. I did things on the side, but I don't want to give myself any credit here. I want you to understand that I had to trust God. I had to keep my mind on Him and know that He was going to take care of me, and did He ever. He blessed me. And I just want to encourage you that whatever you're going through, He's big enough. Some of you worried about Social Security, you're trusting the wrong thing. Keep your mind on him and trust him, he'll take care of you. Some years ago, a professor at an American university studied the things that people worry about, and this is what he found in his research, that 40% of the things they worry about never happen, 30% things that happened in the past. They're concerned about past things. 12% are needless worries about health. Boy, is that ever big nowadays with, you know, you you see some commercial about some drug or something and you start thinking, oh, maybe I have that. Or you're reading on the internet and all of a sudden you got all kinds of symptoms. He said 10% are about petty issues and he said 8% are legitimate concern. His conclusion was that 90, 92% of our worry time is wasted energy. I disagree completely. 100. That's right, brother. 100% of our worry time is wasted energy because worry doesn't do anything good It might do something, but it doesn't accomplish anything good. And it is amazing how that worry can zap your energy and make you tired. What wasted energy worry is. What if we use that same energy to pray? And to look to God and to read His Word. I mean, what if we use that same energy just to begin to thank God and to praise God? Oh, we got to get rid of the worry. One man said it this way, Worry is practical atheism and an affront to God. Because when we worry, it is as though we're saying to God that either He can't or He won't take care of us. Our God is big enough. When we're really stressed and our minds are filled with worry, I tell you, we just go over and over that negative situation. You even even begin to imagine bad things that could happen. And, you know, we're thinking about this problem and going over it and over it as though our God can't do anything. We need to know, we need to remember there's not anything that's too hard for the Lord. I mean, when when you're sick, you, we just automatically ought to look to our healer and think about our healer, that by His stripes we were healed. It, when we got bills that came in that were unexpected or, or we don't know how we're going to get them paid, my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory. I know that He gives us all things, richly to enjoy. See, we look to Him as our provider. Whatever the need, whatever the struggle, He has the answer for. He's what we need and how we need to focus on Him. Fudile is just, or excuse me, worry is just so futile and, and worthless. It doesn't help. It steals our peace, but you can have perfect peace if you get your mind on Him. In Romans 8, 6, it says, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You see, the carnal mind is just, it's that natural mind that we just look at things in the here and now. That's the carnal mind. It comes very natural to us just to look at the circumstances, look at the here and now, to be carnally minded. Then he says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The spiritual mind is focusing on the things of God, on the Spirit of God. You know, when you say spiritually minded, it kind of sounds a little bit like, you know, those people that are too heavenly minded to be of any earthly value. Um, I've heard that a lot, but I've never actually seen it. I've never known anybody that was too spiritually minded. Now, I have known some people that in, I guess, thinking they're spiritual, they're just weird and kooky. And being spiritually minded doesn't mean weird and kooky. It means that your mind is on the Lord. Your mind is on the things of the Spirit, that you're allowing the Spirit to lead your life. That's being spiritually minded. But I want you to see this, that when we are carnally minded, when we're just living in the here and now and looking at what we can see and hear in this life, it ends in death. It brings trouble and heartache and anxiety into your life. we got to be spiritually minded. we got to take control of our thought life. 2 Corinthians 10.5 tells us to take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You can take control of your thought life. If you just let your mind run wild, see, if you don't, if you don't take your thoughts captive, they will take you captive. Thoughts of fear, Thoughts of anger, thoughts of lust, all kinds of thoughts. You don't take control of your thought life, it'll take control of you. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And I'm going to say this again, you can't control just what pops into your head. But you can control what you continue to think on. You know, they used to say it this way. I mean, the birds might fly over your head, but you don't have to let them build a nest in your hair. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, old country boy here. It's just there. But, but when negative thoughts show up at your door, don't open the door and invite them in. Let the peace of God guard your heart and your mind. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your mind on the things above not on things on the earth. See, we need to be more spiritually minded. We have our minds on the things above, the things of God, not just looking at the things on this earth. Set your mind. Set your mind. You see, you can choose to do this. You can choose to think about the Lord. You have a free will, and you can choose what you're going to think about. Now, sometimes you might have to, you know, turn everything off and shut the door. You might have to get away for a day. But I want to tell you, you can set your mind on the Lord. And get yourself to a place where you can really have peace. Refuse to get caught up in all the worry and fear of this culture. You can have perfect peace. But we need to. Shift our gaze to the Lord and focus on Him. What if we just kept our minds on Him? What's the great commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. I want you to understand that a lot of times people focus on that part. We know the rest of it. We mindlessly quote it. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind with all your soul and all your strength. Love the Lord with all your mind. You will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. Love the Lord with all your mind. Anybody ever been in love? If you're married, raise your hand. Gee whiz. Trying to keep you out of trouble. You know, when you're in love, you think about Him. Just anything. A song, a smell, nothing at all. You just think about Him. That's the way it ought to be with us and the Lord. We're just thinking about Him all the time. All the time. Not just because we want Peace. Because we love Him. I love Him with all my mind. See, the enemy has robbed us of this, with all this busyness. We need to love Him with all our mind. He's deserving of that. He's worthy of that. One man wrote these words to his son, and it's kind of old school, but it's powerful. He says, First of all, my child, think magnificently of God. Magnify His providence Adore His power. Pray to Him frequently and incessantly. Bear Him always in your mind. Teach your thoughts to reverence Him in every place, for there is no place where He is not. Therefore, my child, fear and worship and love God first and last. Think magnificently of Him. See, our thoughts need to be turned to Him in prayer, and thanksgiving, and praise, and worship, keep your mind on Him, trust Him, and you can rest. You can have perfect peace. I want you to stand with me. We're going to pray, and I want our prayer partners to go ahead and come.